She's Tori. And he's Nick. And this is I Want to Rewatch. An X-Files podcast, season four. Episode 15. Kadish. This episode is a Monster of the Week episode and originally aired on Sunday, February 16th, 1997 at 9 p.m. In it, after a Jewish store owner is murdered in a hate crime, his suspected killers start dying. Scully thinks these are revenge killings, but Mulder believes the killer might be something more mystical. I mean, they both could be right. True. Very true. So, And I was scrolling and I saw a single five letter word in the summary while I was scrolling. And I am super excited to watch this. Don't do me dirty X-Files. And obviously <laughs> I wrote that before I watched the episode. So Yes. Well, hopefully it did not disappoint. We'll see. Fingers crossed over here. Fingers well, crossed. We'll, we'll see. Keep your dirty <laughs> little fingers crossed. Yes. Okay. Supernatural also has an episode about this topic. Oh. I think I every show that is supernatural. Like that one better. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe. This episode was filmed in British Columbia, Canada, and it was written by Howard Gordon and directed by Kim Manners. Which I thought we've we've been away, obviously, for a little bit from the X Files, and I'm trying to play mental catch up on what is going on behind the scenes. I thought Howard Gordon was gone, but apparently not. I think I'm just thinking of all the other people like David Nutter and and Yeah. Glenn Morgan and James Wong have just recently left and yeah. But I thought Howard Gordon was gone, but apparently not. So Nope. Yeah. So we're at the Ben Zion Cemetery in Brooklyn, New York. And so we get some Hebrew voices as the camera pans over a cemetery. And we see gravestones. And, of course, they have stars of David on them because it's a Jewish cemetery. And there's a group dressed in black that is standing around a grave. And the rabbi is reading prayers. The camera lingers on a young woman in the crowd. This is Ariel. And she watches as others throw dirt onto the coffin. And as that happens, she has a flash to the man's murder. The one that was in the coffin, we assume. And he's being attacked in a convenience store by a group of young white guys, one of whom aims a gun at him. And then the woman comes out of the vision. Her father, Jacob, tells her that it's all right. She doesn't have to do this. And she's like, no, I want to. And as she reaches for some of the dirt, he looks towards two other men that are watching them. She grabs a fistful of the dirt. And as she holds it, she sees the robbers shoot the man. Jacob helps her drop the dirt onto the coffin, and then together they walk away. Later that night, it is raining in the cemetery, and we see hands shaping the form of a figure out of the dirt, like laying down like a, like a little sandman castle mm-hmm. kind of thing, right? The person who forms it walks away, and there's lightning. And then we see the mud figure begin to breathe. And it's a theme song. And I'm like, fuck yeah, because that five-letter word was golem. Uh-huh. So, we're talking golems. Mm-hmm, we are. We are. So Scully shows Mulder a file which contains the image of a man's driver's license. She says the man was Isaac Luria. He lived in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, in a neighborhood where a lot of Hasidic Jews have lived since the 19th century. 
Mulder points out it's also an area known for racial tensions and hate crimes. Scully tells him Luria was murdered two days ago in the market that he owned. He was severely beaten and then shot five times. The police ruled out robbery because the only thing taken was the surveillance tape. But police found the tape this morning in the VCR of a 16-year-old named Tony Oliver. Scully has a copy and she plays the tape and she points out Oliver attacking Luria. Mulder asks if Oliver was arrested. Scully says he was strangled to death while he was watching the tape. And weirdly, they pulled prints from Oliver's body, and those prints belong to Isaac Luria. Mulder loves the idea that Luria rose from the grave to avenge his own death. But Scully thinks that that's what they want people to believe, and it's just another crime of hatred like the one that spawned it. Hmm. Mulder jokes it's a bad hoax because ghosts can't leave fingerprints. Scully says they've been asked to figure out how someone got a hold of Luria's prints to leave at the scene. Hmm. So it seems like a weird case to throw at the X-Files, but I firmly believe that the FBI uses Mulder and Scully as like these backup investigators. It's like the X-Files department, weird phenomena and also department overflow because they just (laughs) need someone to get out there and investigate stuff. And they're like, no one wants to touch this. Give it to spooky Mulder in the basement and that redhead who's always running around with him. I guess that's how the FBI department. Yeah, talk. it does seem like sometimes, obviously, the cases are like Mulder's, like Scully. This is weird. Let's go investigate. <laughs> but then sometimes it's like, oh, there was a murder, and then while they're just investigating this like routine thing, it suddenly becomes like an X file. So it's kind of strange mm-hmm. that like they do they they do it both ways. Which I get, you know, they need to switch the plot up. It can't always just be Mulder whipping out old files, which would be yeah. fun though. But yeah, <laughs> he does it enough. We get enough of that. Also, Scully says that possibly Oliver's death is a reverse hate crime, which is not a thing. It can be retribution for a hate crime, but there's no such thing as a reverse hate crime. Howard Gordon, that does not exist. It could, not in this situation, obviously, but in theory, it could be another hate crime. Sure. That is also retribution, but not in this case. So, yeah, but yeah, reverse hate crime does not a thing. Just like reverse racism is not a thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So Scully and Mulder go to the vice's house and knock and Jacob answers and Ariel tells him to let them in because he does not want to let them in. He does not. The living room is full of people. So Ariel takes them to the study. They hand her an exhumation order. Jacob, her father, is appalled and says no. Ariel asks why they want to do it, and Scully shows her a photo of Oliver and explains how he's been murdered in what they believe to be an act of retaliation, and the other two suspects are now targets. Ariel says that Oliver was just a boy. She's like, you know, because she sees his photo. It's like, he's just a boy. Mm -hmm. But Jacob says he was an animal, just like the others, whom they, meaning the FBI, now want to protect. Where was the FBI to protect them when they needed help? So... Mm-hmm. I mean, fair question. Yeah, definitely. Mulder asks if there was a specific threat against Luria, and Jacob says the threat is always there, and he shows them a racist pamphlet that was left under their door just this morning. And now they, meaning Mulder and Scully, are coming here asking to allow the FBI to dig up a body to help convict a man who's taken justice into his own hands. Mulder says they can avoid the exhumation if Jacob tells them who the man is. 
because he kind of the way he's talking, it sounds like he knows who is doing the killing. But Jacob says even if he knew, he would not tell them. Scully says they can just get a court order if they need to. And Ariel tells them to do what's necessary, but to leave them alone and let them mourn in peace. Mm-hmm. Back in the car, Scully thinks that Jakob knows who killed Oliver, but doesn't want them disturbing the grave because he knows what they'll find. Mulder hands her the pamphlet that he gave him to show him like the stuff that's being left under their door. And it suggests that Jews created AIDS. So super mm-hmm. great. And Mulder says it's hard to fault him when you see something like that. If someone is delivering justice to people who've known this kind of persecution, why wouldn't they want to protect him? Scully asks if it's justice or revenge. Mulder says that hate mongering goes both ways. He bets whoever published the pamphlet knows the boys who murdered Luria and might have a guess at who killed Oliver. And then as their car pulls away, we see like a person who's got like dirt caked all over their skin and they're like on the scaffolding across the street and they've got bare feet. And this person is like under Ariel's window, kind of looking up towards it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then we are at Brunge's Copy Shop. 1525 Avenue J. We're going to assume in Brooklyn, I guess. Brunges tells Mulder and Scully that, yes, he knew Loria. He owned the store right across the street. Brunges is gross and says he's not surprised it happens because you know how they are. Always trying to make money off honest folks who work for a living. Yeah, because owning a market is not like working for a living. What the hell? Yeah. He says a lot of things in this exchange, Uh, uh, and most of them we don't put in so no i feel like i covered it with super gross (laughs) yeah yeah scully looks irritated at the blatant bigotry and Mulder asks if he knows anyone who held a grudge or if brunges maybe held one himself scully shows him photos of Derek banks and clinton mcguire the other two suspects in luria's murder he claims he's not familiar with them and Mulder asks if he's familiar with the pamphlet brunges suggests Mulder might be working for them or be one of them And Scully tells him they work for the FBI. And he's all, who does the FBI work for? And Scully tells him to take a long look at the photos. This may be his last chance to save their lives. Yeah, Scully's so obviously done with this guy. Like, she has zero poker face. But honestly, with this dude, good for her. Because you don't want to have a poker face. Just show your disgust. Yeah. So Scully tells him about Oliver's murder. And then it switches to showing them on a surveillance feed. And we see that one of the people, Derek Banks, is watching the feed as Scully says there are rumors that Luria is back from the dead. Oh my We gosh. cut back to the scene in the shop and Brunge is like, what kind of Jew trick is this? He says a lot of stuff like that. Mulder <laughs> reminds him a Jew pulled it off 2000 years ago and looks pretty proud of himself for saying that. Scully gives him a card. And tells him that she knows he wouldn't want to be responsible for endangering these young men's lives. Then they leave, and Brun just goes to the back room and calls for Derek. But Derek is gone. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. So then we're back at the cemetery, and it's nighttime. And Derek and Clinton are digging up Luria's grave, presumably to make sure he's still in it, since there's these rumors that he's back from the dead. Something approaches as they dig, and the coffin is nailed shut, so Clinton hops out to get some tools from the trunk, and he's attacked as he's, like, digging for the tools. Meanwhile, Derek breaks open the coffin with a shovel and sees that the body is still in there. 
he calls up to Clinton, who doesn't respond. So he like stands up straight and looks over the top of the grave and he sees Clinton's body in the dirt. Oh no, he's dead. Oh, that's sad. And then it's commercial. I wonder if he was able to get out of the grave, unlike Kolchek in the zombie episode. Remember when Kolchek was stuck in there? Yes. Was, the this zombie one looks was like shorter. Kill, zombie was killing all the dudes out of the top, and Kolchek's just like down in the grave hiding, and then he couldn't get out. So yeah, I had to wait for the cops <laughs> to show up. Later, the cemetery is a crime scene. Scully looks at Clinton's body and the wounds on his neck before the coroner wheels him away. She tells Mulder that the ligature marks match the ones on Oliver. Mulder has found a second set of footprints, but the mud is too soft to take a mold. Scully suspects that Clinton was there with Derek. Mulder asks why. She suggests that maybe they wanted to desecrate the corpse. Mulder thinks they came out here because they were afraid the man they killed wasn't really dead. Mulder pulls the plastic from over the open grave and reveals Luria's body. Which apparently stinks. Yes, it does not smell good from their reaction. Yeah. There are black marks on the body that Scully says could be tattooing or lividity marks, but it's hard to tell at the stage of decomposition. Mulder finds a book under Luria's head and pulls it out. And then the book bursts into flames and he has to drop it because it's burning and it just burns. Wow, that's not normal. No, that's not normal at all. No, also Scully needs glasses because that is clearly like Hebrew writing on the hands. So, which also the hand that we saw that was watching Ariel's window also had Hebrew writing on it. Huh. Yeah. So Brunges opens his copy shop and he goes inside and Derek tells him he owes him for two weeks. Brunges is like, where have you been? And then asks if it's true if they kill Luria. And of course, he doesn't use the guy's name. He uses the J word. But anyway, he never told them to kill anyone. Derek asks what they expected for them to just sit back and do nothing. Brune just says he's exposing the truth and their lies. And Derek is like, those are just words. You think they killed my friends with words? And actually, we'll find <laughs> out they did. But anyway, he tells them that Clinton is dead, too. And then he demands his money. Oh. So, yeah. At a library, Mulder and Scully show the now half-burned book to an expert, Kenneth Unger, who tells them it's a Sefer Visira, the book of creation. Scully asks if it's ever buried with the dead, but he says no. Mulder asks if they're known to spontaneously combust, <laughs> and he kind of smiles a little bit. He thinks it's slightly funny. And he says it's a book of mysticism, not mysticism itself. It's just a book. He suspects someone may be trying to play a trick on them. Scully suggested if the groundwater was contaminated, perhaps by arsenic, and leaked into the coffin, it might have created a combustible effect. Mulder looks at her like he thinks that's stupid, because it is. Because how is a wet <laughs> book going to catch fire, Scully? Come on, stop. Just stop. <laughs> anyway, he asked Kenneth if this copy has any distinguishing qualities. In fact, it does. It has a name stamped into the leather, or carved, possibly. Vice. Jakob Weiss. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So back at Ariel's house, Ariel asks why they want to see her father. They tell her about the second murder of one of the suspects in her husband's death and that her father is a suspect. 
she insists that he was just angry like he might have said some things but he was just mad but scully says they found evidence placing him at the crime scene yeah i mean i'm not a cop i'm not a lawyer but i don't think that book would place him at the crime scene it was there in the coffin but it's not like it was like dropped next to clinton's body or something like is he the riddler like leaving clues or something on purpose to like taunt them like i don't think that puts him at the crime scene personally i mean you could argue that it does but it's also even though the expert's like, oh, we don't usually bury our dead with that book. He could have slid it under his head before the coffin went into the ground. That's yeah, but why? Why? Like, I mean, like, like, again, is he like the Riddler? Why, why, would you, why would you kill somebody and then go and put a book under some the dead body? Like, why would you do that? Well, no, I'm saying he could have put it in there before the guy was buried. Right, but that doesn't then put him at the scene of the right. crime because no, the crime is the murder. Yes. So, no, okay. Okay. So we're that. so we're saying the same thing. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm just saying you can make that argument, but there's an yeah, there's another explanation for why the book is yeah. there. Yes. Yeah. I don't know that you can make the argument, but yeah, they and apparently do. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. It involves him being the Riddler, basically. If there are, but Ariel says they have to understand what this marriage would have meant to her father, and Mulder's like, "Would have? What do you mean?" And she explains that they got their marriage license weeks ago, but the wedding wasn't actually until today. And Scully says she's sorry. Ariel then shows them the wedding ring. It's like a ceremonial wedding ring from her father's village that women would wear to show they were a queen and their husband was a king. Because it's a big ring that looks like a castle. Yeah, it is. It's like the biggest like ring pop you've ever seen in your life. Yes. Um. Which then the stuff that is going to come up here in a little bit, I'm like, how did he hide that ring? But anyway. Yeah. 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 It's very large. It and looks it like, would- I mean, not to not to just be like, because it's Jewish stuff. It looks like a dreidel on a ring is what it looks like. It is big. <laughs> it looks so, like a little house on a ring, a little castle. Yeah. I mean, it's a house, but it's the size of like a dreidel. Like yes, it's big. It is. So, yeah. And the ring also symbolizes that the home they would make would be a castle of their own. Unfortunately, that tradition ended one day in 1943 when 9,000 Jews were massacred after digging their own graves. Her father survived because he was 10 years old and a jeweler's apprentice with small fingers, so they figured he could be put to work making bullets. He kept and hid the ring even after the war, and he even hid it from Ariel's mother. But when she told him she was getting married, he took the ring out and said that his village was being born again. He knew how much she loved Isaac, but she says her father would never kill anyone. Scully's like, but what if you're wrong? (gasps) Yeah, I'm like, how did he hide that ring in... (laughs) A concentration camp. I'm sorry. I don't know. Lucky. He got very lucky, I guess. I'm and no one thinking, ever patted him down. I don't know. Yeah. I'm like, hope he washed that ring when he brought it <laughs> out. Because I'm only thinking of one place you could probably hide it. And that would not be comfortable. Mm. Anyway, Park Street Synagogue. Men in the synagogue are praying. And Mulder and Scully walk in. Suddenly they get the attention of all those praying. Because they're in the middle of prayer. Even as atheists, I think Mulder and Scully, like, that was a dick move. It shouldn't have, that's disrespectful. But anyway, this is me. I get it, they're the law, but whatever. I think they should have waited, possibly. Anyway, a man approaches and asks who they are. They flash a badge and say they're looking for Jakob Weiss. 
they see him and he turns to walk away. So they pass through the crowd because obviously he was like on the opposite side of the crowd. And then they go into this back area and then up in the attic, they find Derek's body hanging from a rope in the rafters. Mm-hmm. A figure is seen to be moving in the shadows. Oh no. So they pull out their flashlights and their guns and they start looking around. And then someone knocks down Mulder and then I've done Scully. But Scully manages to get her gun. She fires it into the rafter and is like, don't move, FBI. And she tells the person to put their hands up and turn around. And they do. And it's Yakum. <gasps> Scully places him under arrest and leads him out. And after they go, we see a dirty hand with three Hebrew letters on it, clutching a wall, watching them. <gasps> also, when Scully's put him under arrest, he looks back and like, but not back looking at Mulder, even though Mulder is behind him. And so when they leave, Mulder kind of looks around too. He's like, what was he looking at? But uh-huh. they don't see anything. So. Mm-hmm. And then it's a commercial. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, I do think it was kind of not cool to go in during the middle of their prayer. But Well, I mean, they don't know, you know. They know. Because to... Scully even says, like, we don't mean to be disrespectful. So you know you were being disrespectful by doing that. You could have waited. But Yeah, yeah. well, they got to get the guy. And that's a place, reliably, that they'll know he'll be at a time that he'll know. They know well, I know. But there. when prayers are over, he'll still be there. Yeah. I don't know. So then we're at the 21st precinct holding area. And Ariel approaches Scully and asks where her father is. Scully says they've arrested him on suspicion of murder. But Ariel says it can't be him. And she's like, did he confess? Scully says not yet, but she thinks he will. Mulder's in there with him now. Ariel wants to see him, but Scully's like, you know, you should get your father an attorney. He's refusing legal representation. But she demands to see her father, and Scully tells her to go talk to the detective, who can give her a place to wait until he's been processed, and then she can see him. And then Scully says that she's sorry. Meanwhile, in the interrogation room, Mulder asks Jakob why he killed Derek. Jakob says the synagogue has been vandalized 13 times in the last year. There was noise in the attic, so he went to check it out, and Derek attacked him. It was self-defense. Mulder questions if hanging a man is self-defense, but Jakob asks if it's worse than what they did to Isaac. Mulder tells him his sefer Vetsira puts him at another crime scene. Which, again, disagree with, but okay. Jakob says he's guilty. What more does Mulder want? But Mulder thinks there was someone else with Jakob in the attic. He denies it. Mulder touches some of the mud on Jakob's shirt. And then he just says, I want to see my daughter. Oh, muddy clothes. <laughs> In the room behind the two-way mirror, Scully has been watching, and she tells Mulder, who's now also back there, that she ran a background check on Jakob. He immigrated to Israel after World War II, and he joined a militant Jewish group and was arrested in 1959 by the British for a bombing that killed seven people. And she says he's a terrorist, a killer. Mulder says he's not their killer. There was a second person in the attic, someone big enough and strong enough to knock him down. Jakob is protecting whoever it is. Ariel enters the room with Jakob, and Mulder tells her to stick around. It could get interesting. He starts to leave, and she's like, where are you going? And he says, to see a man about a burning book. Also, Mulder is possibly giving himself too much credit there with a big enough to knock me down. Because it's pretty easy to knock someone down from behind if you're not expecting it. So, Yeah, Yeah, true enough. Yeah. In the interrogation room, Ariel is confused why Jakob confessed. He says to protect her, and she knows why. 
they found his book in Isaac's grave. And she says, that can't be true. And he's like, no. Hmm. Yeah. Like something's going on. At this point, I think it's very obvious, but that's cool. <laughs> All right. We'll just pretend like we don't know what happened. All right. Maybe you don't. Brunges is in the back of his shop and he's printing off more of those horrible bigoted pamphlets. This one, I think, is about how, like, your tax dollars are funding Zionists and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, always got those gross cartoon characters yes. on, too. Which yeah, is nasty. It's gross. Yeah. And also, he's got a big old giant Nazi flag. Uh-huh. Yeah. Printing room. So that's cool. Not even hiding it a little bit at all. So. Yeah. He hears a noise. And so he grabs. He's apparently got like a gun in a holster or something because he grabs it off the shelf to go investigate. But a hand grabs him around the throat and kind of lifts him up off the ground a little bit, puts him against the wall and strangles him. And the hand is kind of dirty and it has Hebrew letters on it. So then we're at the Judica Arches on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. Mulder goes back to Kenneth and says that he left something out. He wants to know about the myth of the golem. Kenneth wants to know why he's interested, but tells him that the early Kabbalists believed that a righteous man could actually create a living being fashioned from mud or clay, which was then brought to life using the power of the word. Whoa. Yeah. By the direct application of certain secret letter combinations. Mulder asks if those combinations are found in the book. Kenneth shows him the pages that basically spell out how to do it. There's a passage about inscribing a sacred word on the back of a golem's hand, Emmet, which means truth. Kenneth says that's the rub. Golem means matter without form, body without soul. It's kind of a monster, really. In the legends, it runs amok and has to be destroyed by its creator. Mulder asks how it can be destroyed. Kenneth tells him you have to erase the first letter. If you erase the first letter of Emmet, it becomes Met, which means dead. The power of letters is not just to create, but to kill. Ooh. Yeah. And then Mulder's phone rings, and it's Scully. She tells him there's been another murder. He asks who, and she tells him that it was her Brunges. Ooh, he did. I mean, we yeah. kind of figured that because he was being strangled last time I saw him. So. Yeah. At the print shop, Mulder crumples one of the pamphlets, noting how much time and energy this man spent spreading hatred. Scully says that at least they know Jacob didn't kill him because he was in custody at the time. An officer reviewing security footage calls them over and shows them the person they believe to be the killer. It's Isaac Luria. <gasps> kind of dirty, but he's dressed in like his clothes that he was wearing when he buried and everything. And Scully's like, he's still alive. But Mulder isn't so sure about that. And they focus mm-hmm. in on his face on the video, and it goes to commercial. Yeah. So they've kind of changed the legend of the golem a bit here. Mm-hmm. I'm not super happy about it. It's not Jersey Devil level change, but it's still no. kind of like, mm, I don't know. I'm old school. I know, I know all the old school stories. I've seen all the old movies, and so I was expecting one yeah. thing. Yeah. Something else, but eh, whatever. So. I think I'm just more used to, like, urban fantasy and, you know, that kind of genre where people do change up legends all the time to kind of give it a new spin yeah well the the big thing that they changed i mean because you can you can debate what the the golem is supposed to look like once he comes to life and that kind of thing the big thing they changed is that the letter is supposed to be on the forehead not on the hand and i know why they changed that because they need to keep showing us the letters right and so it's kind of weird to have someone walk around with letters on their head yes you know not be suspicious Yeah. yeah, but yeah, so I know why they changed it, but 
I was really wanting to see a big stone dude walking around killing people. Yeah, so. I was kind of expecting it to be like a mud or stone person or clay person. Or someone like in a bad actually. latex suit that was supposed <laughs> to be like rock or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the thing suit that uh, Tobias is always wearing on the rest of development. Well, I don't know. I haven't seen that, but yeah. <laughs> Oh, that would be so bad. This is better. You mean like the, of... like the thing, the thing from another world, like the yeah. <laughs> okay, so the old nineteen. It's the ba- 19- well, it's based on the thing comics from. Um, oh, Ben Grimm thing. Okay, I thought we were talking about the thing from another world, which then the John Carpenter movie, the thing is based. Oh on no, 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 no. Okay, the sorry. Thing no, you're, from talking, the you're talking about Fantastic Four. Ben Grimm, and okay, then gotcha. Tobias wearing the costume in Arsenal, and is a whole other layer of things that you don't know about. So that's fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a long. I'm not even gonna get into that. Um, <laughs> I do kind of like the idea that this golem looks like the person, just because it's freakier to see this guy on the feed or whatever and have him look the same, and it fits their story. But yeah, I was kind of expecting like a big clay dude, like in Supernatural or something. So yeah. Oh, so Supernatural does do the big clay dude. Okay, they do the cool. clay dude, yeah. but they do it as a scroll in the mouth instead of letters on their skin. Oh yeah, yeah. You can do it that way too. Yeah, scroll in the mouth or yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That makes it harder though to then change the letters if it's in their mouth because you gotta. Yes, so. you gotta get it open. Yeah. Get the that's thing actually out. that's yeah. actually even more of like a Japanese like demon and vampire thing with the, in the scroll in the mouth thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So we come back from a commercial and Scully gets off the phone with the coroner. He has matched the dental records to the corpse in the grave. So it's definitely Luria's body in the grave. So yeah. Scully thinks the video must have been altered as a hoax. Like, <laughs> Scully, come well, on. Just... I mean, what's more believable? Someone altered the video as a hoax or a dead guy who is also clearly in his grave is up walking around murdering people. Honestly, in 1997, that someone is dead and walking around in their grave because okay, fair, yeah, fair, yeah, to make it look believable on video, <laughs> yes, especially because it's all like scratchy looking video. So like you would be able to see like the editing on that. You'd be able to tell that was changed. Mm. Anyway, Mulder explains the person in the video isn't Luria; it's a golem, a man-made monster fashioned from mud and animated through mystical incantation. And Scully's like mud. <laughs> and then she asks what purpose it was for, like revenge. And Mulder's like, I don't think it was hate that created the golem. I think it was love. <gasps> Mulder's such a romantic. Yeah. So Mulder and Scully arrive at Ariel's and knock. There's no answer, but the door isn't locked, so they go inside. Mulder says she's not there, and Scully's like, how do you know? And he notices that the ring case that was holding that fancy ornate ring is now empty. And he says, because it's her wedding day. Yeah. Also total Scooby-Doo vibes. of just like going in because the door is not locked. I know. I know. Yeah. Good thing they were looking for evidence because that would be inadmissible. So in the synagogue, candles are lit and Jakob is there. He walks down the aisle and takes one of the candles and then goes through the back and heads up to the attic. Jakob calls for Ariel. She's there in her wedding dress and she tells him to leave. He says he won't leave without her. Ariel wants to see Isaac, but Jakob insists that he's dead. She tried bringing him back with her love, but what she brought back is not Isaac. 
It's an abomination with no place among the living. <gasps> well, he wasn't listening. I get mad. <laughs> this whole scene, too, like, well, Yagup is walking through the synagogue and, like, up to the attic. And, like, there's mm -hmm. this, like, swelling music that sounds very Disney to me. I don't know why. It just felt very Disney music. I saw your note and I was like, hmm. And then I was listening to it and I'm like, okay, I don't. But then I thought about it and I was like, okay, Beauty and the Beast. I can picture like the petals falling off the rose uh -huh. in the case. Yeah. And I can hear that music playing during that scene. So I was like, okay, that's probably what she's thinking. It's probably very so. similar to that. And it just, for whatever reason, just made me feel Also, I mean, slightly different pronunciation, but we do have an aerial right and so that may be like subconsciously hitting your head yeah, as well yeah i don't think so i think it's just the mermaid music. i don't know yeah. <laughs> i think it's yeah. just something but no about i totally felt yeah very... no when, when i saw your note and then i was watching it and i was like this music does not remind me of disney at all but then as it kept going and he's going up the stairs and walking around i was like okay i and that's what that image that popped in my head was just like that yeah. that part of beauty and the beast when they're like yeah the, you know, the rose is kind of starting to fall it's gonna be too late he's gonna be a beast forever no <laughs> so if nothing else it's very cinematic so it just kind yeah. of caught me off guard i was like wow this music is really also beauty and the beast it. would have come up before this so they may have been inspired by that because it is kind of a similar theme in it a way is 100 so yeah, yeah. So Ariel talks about when he was murdered, she was on the phone with Isaac and he told her he had to go because of a customer and that he would call her back. When the phone rang later, she knew it wasn't him. She just wanted to say goodbye today. Jakob says he knows and he hugs her. She's like, I didn't think. It was just a wish. Just words. And then boards creak and we see a shadow move on the wall. Jakob tells her to stay there. She wants to go with him, but he says no. And then he goes to see what made the noise. <gasps> I bet it was a golem. <gasps> yeah. Scully and Mulder pull up in front of the synagogue, and inside they find Jakob hanging from a rope from the rafters, just <gasps> right there in the middle of like the aisle. Yeah. But he's still alive. He's like struggling. And there's a shadow that's moving on the wall, but Mulder has a knife, so he gets up on one of the, I, I don't know if you call them pews in a synagogue, I don't know. But anyway, he climbs up on something, and Scully holds him while Mulder cuts the rope. And then, you know, Scully's like, he'll be all right, but we need to get him to a hospital. And Mulder's like, well, you call the paramedics. I'm going to find Ariel. So <laughs> in the attic, and he finds her, and she's sitting on the floor, kind of like, you know, kind of curled up with her knees, you know, arms folded. She's all despondent. And he tells her they found her father, and he's alive, and he's going to be okay. And then he's like, where's Isaac? And she's like, I don't know. And he tells her they have to go, but she doesn't want to go. And then there's a noise, and the golem approaches them. And Mulder's like, stay back. And he, like, pushes Ariel behind him, and she's like, no. And he's all, kapow, 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 kapow. And it doesn't seem to stop, and he just keeps on kapowing. And he fires like 15 or 16 shots, honestly. I kept trying to count them and I couldn't, mm -hmm. I kept getting different numbers, but like, I don't think, unless he wasn't like speed loading. So I think they just messed that up anyway. Downstairs, Scully and the paramedics hear the gunshots. And then back upstairs, the golem grabs Mulder and starts to strangle him. So, mm. yep, man, Scully's got cancer. Mulder's going to get strangled by a golem. This show is <laughs> not going to last. It's dark. It's very dark. <laughs> 
It is. You say dark. This episode is dark as fuck. You oh, can't no. See shit. I had the brightness turn up that one part where like Clinton's body's in the dirt. I couldn't even figure out where his body was supposed to be because like, no, Derek... I think it's like a hand and his head. Yeah. Yeah. You can't but see like shit. Derek jumps up out of the grave and is looking and you just see this pile of dirt. And I had the brightness like all the way. Yeah. I don't really see anything. Okay. And then they're walking around in this attic there. with flashlights and shit. And you're like, I can't see crap. Oh, I can see oh a flashlight beam. Like, yeah. Come on, guys. Lighting. And Kim Manners is usually better at lighting. I mean, it's not him doing the lighting, but he's usually better. I mean, they're not using blue filter, so credit there. But yeah. Yeah. We could, uh, we, we, we kind of need to see what's going on a little bit. Okay? It would help. It would help. Yeah. yeah. It is a visual medium. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. So Ario calls Isaac's name and holds out the ring. Isaac hesitates, but he lets Mulder go and he walks toward her. She speaks marriage vows and then kind of gives him the ring and he puts the ring on her finger. She holds his hand and she kisses it. And then she wipes away the first letter of Emmett. She tells him that she loves him and he crumbles back into dirt. Scully comes running up to the attic and she asks Mulder if he's okay, helps him up. And Ariel is across the room and she's sitting over the fallen golem and saying a prayer. Scully asks what she's doing and Mulder says, saying goodbye. The and that's the end. end. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Golems. Yep. More trouble than they're worth. There's a nice, we didn't put it in the summary and I was going to add it, but I was like, ah, it just, it makes it, it, it broke the, yeah, anyway. But there was a nice bit where Mulder's explaining to Scully about a golem because she is talking about, he's like, it's not a ghost. A ghost is a spirit without form. A golem is a form without a spirit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, that's nice. Good job, Howard Gordon. Good yeah. Job. Yeah, that was good. Um, yeah. Plus, they had mentioned ghosts earlier when he's talking about like ghosts don't leave fingerprints. It was nice. It was a nice callback to the whole ghost thing, but mm-hmm. then also just like just that that reversal. I thought was nice. It was a nice use of that kind of. Like, there's a name for doing that where you just switch the words. Yeah, I, I forget what it's called too, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but that was I, I, that was a good use. So, good job, good job. I would give this episode a. Mm, I'd give it a six. Okay. I think. We're jumping right yeah. into ratings. Yeah, I'm going have... to break protocol. I don't have a lot to say about it. So yeah, like, I don't either. Finish it. I, you know, I got to say I did like this episode. I enjoyed it. I thought it was sweet. Like, I knew pretty much from the beginning that it was Ariel who brought him back, not the father, and that that was just like a misdirect. And especially once they're in the interrogation room and he's just like, yeah, why would I cover? You know, why? why <laughs> did the book get there? It's like, okay we get it she's the one who did it uh-huh but i mean it's a sweet story like it it makes sense i i feel bad for her i feel bad for isaac i feel bad for their whole community and like i don't feel bad for the spoiled little white kids like no one should die but like don't murder people i mean in their markets. i'm not gonna say that no one should die i think <laughs> some people should die but, especially fictional, know. especially fictional young Nazis who murder people when they're just trying to make a living yeah. that they probably had to build from scratch and work their asses off for. So yeah, yeah, lovely. Yeah, I thought it was a solid episode. I liked it. I, it didn't make me cry or anything, but I, I felt for her at the end. I was like, oh, oh, that's really hard. It's hard to lose somebody and try to bring them back 
as a soulless monster that's out for revenge. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out how <laughs> 10 year old Jakob like hid that fucking ring because man, yeah. that thing is. <laughs> I think I'm just not like, going to think about it. It's a good four inches high. <laughs> I don't know that's, if it's that yeah. tall. I don't know. But, it's pretty, well, maybe, maybe three inches. I might be exaggerating. It's pretty big. I mean, it is very tall. It's very big. It's a huge, yeah. it's a ceremonial ring. You would wear it for the ceremony, obviously, but you wouldn't like wear it around because it's. You could like stab somebody with it. Though, you could. Kind of yeah. Like, yeah. 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 It'd be a good shiv. Yeah. But I think this which, one. Again, is... I'm wondering how he hit it because I'm like, where the <laughs> fuck did you put that? Anyway. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going to give this one a seven. Okay. I think it's solid. I don't have any complaints about it. It all made sense to me. I followed it. You know, I think it was had some good messaging and also it was just entertaining. I enjoyed it. Yeah, there was nothing. I mean, yeah, I mean, Scully's being Scully was like, oh, the book got wet. That's why it burst into flame. And <laughs> that's her job. No, that makes, her job is that, to makes, that makes no sense, Scully. No sense whatsoever. So, because how was it going to dry out in a wet grave so that it then could combust? It doesn't work that way. So, yeah. But, yeah, there's nothing. Yeah. I think I'd probably only go in six because I wanted a big stone dude. Yeah, fair, fair. I mean, you think Gollum, that's what you think of, right? So. Yeah. Also, I think the, like, it being him is not how golems work. It's also, not, but I thought it was so, a fascinating take on it. Like, I yeah. think it was kind of interesting. So, yeah, so they changed it. So, yeah, it was a good and way to have him crumble I mean, otherwise, mud. otherwise, she's bringing up a zombie. So, yes. yeah, when are you going to, you know, so that's gross. I don't want to see that. So, yeah, no, it's pretty good. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe I'll change it to a seven by the time the season is over. We'll see. But, yeah, I had no <laughs> complaints about it, but it was fine. I did like um, Jakob. Yeah. I think he was, I kind of liked him. Even though he was kind of, well, he was crabby at first. So I'm like, oh, okay, I, 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 I see that. And then later, he's <laughs> I like, can you relate. Know, so, yeah, it's funny because I looked up all the actors in this, and we didn't really mention any of them because most of them just have a handful of credits. They're not really in a lot of stuff, and so I didn't really see anything that was worth mentioning. But they all did a good job, I think. Yeah, the one thing that I would maybe have a quibble about in this episode has nothing to do with the episode itself. It has to do with the episodes because from the last episode to this episode, I feel like there should be, it feel like this episode was maybe written and set up before they had to decide to do the cantor thing ahead of time. Yeah. Earlier than they expected. Like I could see this one coming like it, like if we cut out the nosebleed crap at the end of Leonard Betts, which why we have to cut out a lot of stuff because like I'm coming to get you because you got cancer, whatever. But like, if we you had just had like that never out, again, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't cut that part out as part of the story. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> you'd have to come up with another thing or just not have that at all, yeah. kind of thing of why he's attacking her. But if you just had like never again and it had this or something, but it seems like going from how Emmy Bate last episode was for her to just be like running around fine is no problem. Mm-hmm. It seemed kind of like, oh, I don't know. Uh, I so, mean, that's what she said just, in the last just, episode, right? Some people live with cancer. You just have to get out there and do yeah, your thing. So I think it's fine. Uh, I don't think I don't it's know. weird. It just, I don't know. I just seems like it's its supposed to be so momentous that you think it would come up. Like, Mulder would be like, are you sure you're fine or whatever? Yeah, like it wouldn't, it wouldn't have know? hurt to have a line or two of dialogue about it. But I also think that because this show is so 
episodic. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, because it tends to be very, like, episodes can be really self-contained. I think maybe, like, they try not to bring that stuff in too much when it's, like, referring to the overarching story. Which, you know, is silly because, you know, as a viewer, it obviously bothered you that no one said, hey, you know, are you okay when you were like this or something? But, like, I mean, I think it's fine because like i understand okay she's got cancer but that doesn't make her incapable of doing her job so whatever it's not going to come up well, like minute. i mean it went it went from like i have a nosebleed to like my nose is bleeding a lot and then i'm like all oh, i'm in the hospital and then i'm gonna live with this and then now she's fine like no nose well she not, was not, in the nothing. hospital because she wanted to get treatment started because patty well, i know but then she got all the dark makeup because they you know, well, because she was on chemo, that shit wipes you out. Oh. So, like, I know, that makes but sense just like, it, but like now, like she doesn't. Now have she's not on the chemo because bleeding. she decided to stop that treatment, so, so she's fine. Yeah. <laughs> if she's her, okay. her nose is bleeding, it's happening off screen because she probably doesn't want Mulder to see. She's probably running into the bathroom and dealing with it. Okay, <laughs> that's my quibble, and it has that's nothing fair, to do with this fair. episode because <laughs> right. of what we just said. Like, if this episode just exists. It's just as part of the continuation of episodes, it just seems like we had like, I've got cancer, and then I'm going to go have a one-night stand with somebody and get a tattoo, and then I have cancer, and now I'm fine. It's like, okay, like, decide. So Yeah, well, yeah. it'll it'll keep coming up, I'm sure. It's just not going to come up in every episode. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, yeah. That's my quibble. Yeah. Which, again, not this episode. So, golems. <laughs> I guess Ariel was his precious. Oh, <laughs> I know. But... <laughs> I did spell it that way. I think I spelled it that way a couple times and fixed it because I knew it wasn't right, but my fingers just kept typing golem, which no, is weird because I'm not really a huge Lord of the Rings fan. So, I don't know why it kept coming out yeah. that way. But if you hadn't have done that that once, I probably would have never got that line. So, it was good you did. There so. you go. That wouldn't have made the connection. But yeah, because they basically say them the same. So it's a different spelling. And there is a ring. <gasps> oh, there is a ring. Yes. Oh, my God. There's a golem <laughs> and a ring. And she was his precious. So, <laughs> although I guess the ring is supposed to be the precious. but Yes, it is. Yeah. I saw the cartoon of The Hobbit, and that's my only real Lord of the Ring stuff that I know. Oh. So. Yeah, I watched that back in elementary school or middle school or something. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. also in the play, The Hobbit. Oh. My brother played Bilbo. Mm. And one of the what people did, I went to school with who writes for TV now played Gandalf. Oh, um, what were you? I was a troll. Oh, okay. <laughs> and also, I think I was in a couple other scenes. It's mostly an extra. So. Okay. You know, I was a tree. No, like like the, like the school pageant or something. Listen, listen. Not everyone can be Bilbo. Okay. <laughs> it's a stage full of Bilbo baggins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're out of hair for the feet. We can't do this anyway. So we don't have enough breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well. In case you were unaware, I Want to Rewatch is hosted by Tori and Nick and recorded in collaboration with Black Cat and Orange Tuxedo Studios. That's right. We made this. 
We also make a bonus X-Files adjacent podcast that you should definitely check out because it is full of mystical magic. <gasps> Whoa, it is really. But whatever you do, tell a friend. We'd love to have them join us. Speaking of which, be sure to join us next time as we try to figure out if, if the, the truth, truth is, is still, still out there. there. ad-lib like it i was wondering what you're gonna do yeah i didn't know i had to ad-lib till that second i was like oh god say something about the episode not nazi related good job <laughs> thank you good job